Live from our man caves in Virginia Beach, this is MLS Gone Wild, where Blem and Mike D bring you the latest news, rumors, analytics, predictions, and all things MLS and American soccer. Let's get it going, Blem. Hello and welcome to MLS Gone Wild, Season 3, Episode 2. This is your host, Blem. And for those of you who don't know already, I'm Mike D, and I'm ready once again to do one of my favorite things in the world, and that's talk soccer. On this week's episode of MLS Gone Wild, we are joined by 2019 All-Big Ten Freshman Team Selection, the first Indy 11 Academy player to sign a professional contract with the 11, and most recently, the number 10 overall draft pick in this year's MLS Super Draft. Our guest this week is Inter-Miami's rookie winger out of Indiana University, Josh Penn. Josh, welcome to MLS Gone Wild. What's up, guys? Appreciate you having me. Of course. This is something that we asked catch up last week, the right back out of Ohio State. Is this your first MLS-specific podcast? It is. It is. Well, we're happy to be your first, man. Welcome to the league. So how, are you doing? how are you doing today, Josh? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing? We're good, man. We're good. We're glad Can't to have complain. you on. Yeah, and uh, in a lot of our interviews prior to this, we usually have a ton of information and backstory on our special guests. So we have a pretty good idea of the answer to the question that I'm getting ready to ask, but that's not the case with these preseason interviews that we're doing right now. Something I'm always interested to hear is why soccer? Tell us and our listeners a little bit about where your love for the beautiful game developed. Yeah, no, that's a good question. Obviously, being in the U.S., we're exposed to a lot of different sports. So I was the same as a, as a young kid. I played basketball, baseball, and soccer growing up. Um, when I really focused in on soccer, that was when I was about 13, I think. That's when I kind of needed to make the decision between playing academy and, and playing other sports. So at that point, it was a really easy decision for me. I mean – it wasn't even something I really had to think about. For me, I've just always loved the sport. I've always loved training. I love playing in games. So playing soccer for me is, is something I don't, I don't really think about. Obviously, I've, I've been gifted with some talent that makes it easier to, to love the game, but I just love playing. So it's always been an easy decision for me. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. It's, uh, it's almost an escape. That's always, it's always been that for me. You know, if I ever have a bad day or, you know, just want to relieve some stress, it's always something that I'm looking forward to do no matter what. I mean, you can ask Blake. We play um, in men's men's leagues and any time, doesn't matter what time. Some of our games these past couple of weeks have been at 10 p.m. We got to get up and go to work early in the morning, and there's never a time that, I, that I'll miss a game. So I totally understand that, that love. Yeah, yeah, I hear you on that one. And it's funny where this game can take you and the places it can take you to. For me, it took myself from Ohio to Virginia Beach to play Division Three soccer. For you, it took you from your home in Illinois, am I correct? Yep. To Indiana to be a Hoosier. So Indiana's men's soccer program is a national powerhouse known for developing collegiate players into pros. Will Bruin, Lee Wynn, Tommy Thompson, Mason Toy, and our boy Aiden Morris are just a few of the ex-Hoosier players to make a name for themselves in the MLS. What makes Indiana so successful in this process, and did it impact your decision to be a Hoosier? Yeah, obviously their their way of developing pros is is above any college at this point, um, even statistically. So that was that was a huge factor when I chose to go there. But um, what sets Indiana apart from the other colleges is 
obviously at all the top programs, you're going to get a lot of talent and you're going to have good coaches who can help develop that, which IU does. But I think what sets them apart is they focus on developing the person on and off the field. So mentally, those guys leave IU ready to become pros, where maybe some guys that are leaving other programs, they have the talent to do it, but there's going to be a little bit of time to adjust mentally, where Todd and the rest of the staff, they, they really focus on developing us as people and, and getting us ready for when we, we take our first steps to pro. Yeah, that's, that's very important in all realms of coaching, no matter what sport, at no matter what level. You know, you're not only coaching – in your case, elite level athletes in Indiana, you're coaching young men and to not everybody's going to go pro, but to put them in the best possible position to exceed and excel in their next steps in life is, is very important. But in your lone season at Indiana, you guys won the big 10 regular season championship and the big 10 tournament. What was your favorite moment on the field in a Hoosier uniform? Oh, geez. Um, I mean, it's got to be winning the the back-to-back. So that was the Big Ten tournament. So we'd already won regular season at that point. And we went to penalties. I I scored the winning PK, so that makes it a little little easier to be my favorite moment. But, I mean, we we had a lot of pressure on us going into that because fans and, and everyone that supports us, they expect us to win. And the previous year, they'd also won back-to-back, winning the regular season and the tournament. So to do it two years in a row is pretty special, and it was definitely something I'll remember. So, Josh, talking about IU, talking about your collegiate experience, we talked with uh, Joshua Jackson Ketchup in our first installment of the rookie mini series, and Ketchup's senior season was postponed but he was granted eligibility to play out his senior season this spring before joining the Columbus crew. Similarly, your sophomore season was postponed due to the pandemic as well. But as we say all the time, everyone's path to pro is, is different. After one year of playing for Indiana, you signed a professional contract with Indy 11, making you the first academy player to do so for the club, as Blake had mentioned earlier. How would you describe your path to pro and was leaving Indiana early part of your plans before the pandemic hit? Um, it was not part of my plans. The pandemic definitely changed my path a little bit. Definitely not the way I was expecting to go. But um, basically my thought process with that was once, so I was actually at IU in the summer getting ready for the season. And as soon as it got canceled, I I felt personally I had a tough decision to make because for me, I'm always trying to push myself and, and get in tougher environments. So at that point in my career, I felt I needed to be in a professional environment. So originally the plan would have been to go into the draft after the fall season, but since it was canceled, um, Indy 11 approached me and, and they were willing to work with me to develop me and, and still give me the opportunity to get drafted. So I felt it was a no brainer at that point, but going back to your question, it, it wasn't part of my plan, but I'm happy it worked out the way it did. And, and I'm, I'm just grateful Indy gave me the opportunity also, and we're so flexible. Yeah, that's amazing. When we interviewed Ketchup, he said that it was a blessing in disguise because he knew um, or he now has that opportunity that he didn't have before to go back to OSU and play a little bit more before going to uh, Columbus and uh, playing with the crew. So definitely a different take, kind of same, same, but different. But it's, it's cool that even though the pandemic hit and it, 
shed such a negative light, there was still some positive. Yeah, definitely. I think everyone's paths got changed a little bit, but it's good that it can work out for some guys. So, Josh, how did your experience with a Division One NCAA powerhouse and a USL championship side help develop you into an MLS pro? Yeah, I think um, for myself and for any players, it's important to get in, like, different environments all the time. So transitioning from, from just academy in high school to college to professional with uh, Indy 11 was all good for me because they challenge you in different ways. Um, the college season is obviously – a lot different than all different form, all different leagues across the world, and 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 how we grow up because it's such a short le- it's a short season, and you need to learn to adapt and, and keep your body as fresh as possible, but also perform. and In the same way, it can kind of be um, mentally challenging. So, I think just IU itself and the college game in general was good for me to to work on different things like that, and then. Being with Indy 11, obviously, it's a professional team. So it, it was different than anything I'd experienced so far at that point in my career. Um, it's, it's their job. Obviously, it's technically a lower league than the MLS, but it's not treated that way whatsoever. Everyone's hungry. Everyone's there to compete every single day. So I think it prepared me really well for, for going to Miami. And, and I think it's just it was a good step in my process, getting, getting that uh, experience right away. You talk about your experience with Indy 11 being a pro team and it being different. In what regards, what, what did you notice that was the biggest differences between being in a Division One powerhouse and going to a USL championship side? What was the biggest difference? Yeah. Um, obviously, there's, there's still a, a competitive nature in college. There's nothing to take away from that, but it's just a step up when you get to the pro level because – this is this is their job. This is this is how they feed their families and and provide for them. So, getting there, um, it's different. Not everyone's going to be your friend, and that's something you have to be all right with. And mentally, that that might take some adapting because growing up, going through high school, going through college, you might have some some guys who aren't the nicest because you're taking their spot. But at the end of the day, you guys are always going to be friends. But once you hit the pro scene, it's a little different, and you got to be okay with that and, and able to adjust to that. Yeah, absolutely. It's a much more competitive environment, I feel like. Yeah. But, you know, that only prepares you for the next step in your career. You know, you, that, that is technically a professional squad, and now you're taking a step up to the top tier in, a, in American professional soccer. Yeah. So before we go any further, listeners, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsors, At A Time Outfitters. Stick around. Because after the break, we'll be discussing Josh's emotions after hearing his name called, his soccer career aspirations, a sneak peek into his style of play, and so much more. We'll be back in 60 seconds. We all love the beautiful game. We spend countless hours watching, tweeting, discussing, playing, and talking about the sport. And we all have our favorite memories when our teams made history. Moments like Liverpool's miracle in Istanbul or Celtic's 2-1 triumph over arguably the best Barca side ever. Those moments that keep us coming back for more. But what if you could carry those moments with you all the time? At a Time Outfitters creates soccer-inspired wristbands to let you wear those memories on your wrist. Each reversible elastic design gives supporters of the beautiful game a unique way to rep their favorite team in any setting. 
with wristbands for your favorite teams from across Europe, the USA, and beyond. Each added time design incorporates a 90-minute story from that famous match. Check out all 24 of Added Time Outfitters' current designs on the web at www.addedtime.com or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at Added Time Outfitters. Welcome back to MLS Gone Wild, Season 3, Episode 2, featuring Inter-Miami's first-round draft pick by way of Indiana University, Josh Penn. Head over to AddedTimeOutfitters.com to get your soccer-inspired wristbands and apparel. Use code GONEWILD at checkout for 10% off your entire order. Josh, in a quote on the HoosierNetwork.com, nearly four and a half months before being selected number 10 overall by Inter-Miami, you said, I planned on playing at IU this fall and hopefully going professional from there. You obviously have the self-belief and the confidence in yourself to continue to push your game to the next level. And now fast forward to January 21st when your hopes turned into an MLS reality. Josh, walk us through what you were doing when you were drafted and what your initial thoughts and emotions were in that moment. Yeah. I mean, even uh, the week leading up to draft day was – it was a stressful time, I won't lie. It was exciting but stressful because I I was getting a lot of interest, but you never really know until you hear your name. So going into draft day, I knew there was a good chance I was going to go top 10, but I, I honestly had no idea where. So um, I had a few friends over and then my family. Um, so we were watching on my couch and I was telling myself not to get too excited when I heard Josh because there were a few other Joshes in the draft that were probably going first round as well. So I heard my name and it, it took me a couple of seconds. I heard Penn and I was like, oh, that's me. So it was just a relief. Obviously, super exciting. And in Miami, it was a great place to be picked. And I'm super excited. But more than anything, it was a relief in that moment because there was just a lot of stress, a lot of stress leading up to it. and. I was just excited to hear my name. Yeah, I can only I can only imagine the emotion. Where were you? I mean, I was just at my home yeah. uh, in Chicago, sitting on the couch watching it live. So when you guys found out, I found out too. So it was it was super exciting. So that's completely different from what Joshua Jackson catch-up was doing. He was actually in training at Ohio State when he found out. And I made a comment in the last podcast. I'm like, yo, that's so that's that's really cool that you found out yeah. that way with all the players that you've been grinding with in college. And I was like, you know, those guys are sitting in their living rooms with the 10 scarves and the 10 hats. Like, I'd, I would rather be practicing with my boys yeah. than that. But were you one of those guys with the 10 scarves and the 10 hats in your living room? I was not. I was. I saw a bunch of guys with their scarves and hats, and I was thinking, like, why didn't I think of that? But, <laughs> sorry. I mean, in a way, so, though, it's almost it. You almost kind of, like you said, you you had a good idea that you were going to go top ten, but you almost don't want to get your hopes too high because you never know what could happen. And not to say that that wasn't going to happen for you, but um, it you you almost psych yourself out when you do something like that. And so it's almost kind of. Uh, good that you didn't. It's kind of keeping your your feet on the ground and and humbling. So, definitely yeah. two different two different experiences. So so funny to hear um, catch up story and your story. Yeah, definitely different. So Josh, you said something about having interest from multiple teams when you were referring to 
thinking that you would probably be drafted top 10, but don't know where, what does that interest look like? Were you talking to coaches and technical teams or, you know, how did that look? Were they contacting you? Were you working out for them? What, what was that like? Yeah. So it really hit like the week before the draft. Um, it was mainly just phone calls, a couple of zoom calls. Um, it was with various different people. Sometimes it was the owners, sometimes it was the coaching staff, technical directors, but it, it varied. But it was it was just phone calls back and forth, really. So obviously, Inter Miami had interests. Who did you talk to? I talked to Anthony Pulis. So that interesting story with that actually. Um, he coached against me while I was on Indy, so he remembered me from that. Um, and then there were two other technical directors. I can't remember their names. <laughs> um, it wasn't Phil or David Beckham, though. But that's what we that's, were hoping. That's what we were hoping. That's no, <laughs> Phil, Phil would have been on it, but he was. Uh, he had just moved down like a few days prior, so he was super busy. But uh, the conversation with him was was really good. That was over Zoom, so uh, it was more face to face and. Something interesting about Miami, which honestly makes me even more excited to go there, was their interview process was way different than any other club I spoke to. They probably asked me, we'll say like 10 questions, and maybe two of them were soccer related. The rest were me as a person and my character. So it, it really shows the culture they're trying to bring in because obviously they, they can find good players, but they want to make sure they get the right fit for their club and their culture. So I thought that was something interesting and, and different than all the other clubs. Yeah, that is really cool. In your experience with Indiana, you talked about how they're not only developing the person on the field, but developing the, per developing the person off the field. So I'm sure that your answers yeah. in those eight to 10 questions, whatever it was, you know, really helped thanks to, to Indiana. So yeah, that's, that's, that's really, that's really cool to get some insight on that process. Thank you for that, Josh. Yeah, of course. So congrats on being drafted, but now you got to get to work, my guy. Your yes, very sir. first, your very first MLS preseason kicks off on February 22nd. I think that's the date. I know they just moved the season back like a week or two. Yeah. In, in your loan season at Indiana, you recorded the second most total points on your team with six goals and two assists. Martin Rennie, head coach of the Indy 11, said this in regards to your style of play. We obviously know what he brings to the squad, pace on and off the ball, a willingness to take on defenders, and the ability to finish around the penalty area in various ways. He's an exciting young player that will certainly provide a boost of energy to the squad. Josh, in your own words, describe your style of play and what Inter-Miami fans should expect from you on the pitch. Yeah, I'd say Martin's descriptions – pretty accurate but um in my own words um I'm a winger who likes to take guys on I'd, I'd say I have a, a good amount of speed um but with that I'm not I'm not single uh that's not my, my only attribute along with that I I like coming inside I like combining with guys um I'm left-footed which what's which makes me different but um Besides those attributes, I think something that sets me apart is my work ethic. Um, I'm a super competitive player, and, and I always want to win. And whatever way I can help my team, I'm going to, and, and I'm willing to put in that work. So you talked about Phil and Beckham not being on the call, which we were hoping that they might have been. But in Inter-Miami's inaugural season 
uh, as an MLS expansion side. They finished their regular season 10th and snuck into a play-in playoff match in which they lost to fellow expansion side Nashville SC. And since then, Inter-Miami has made some moves at the top of the organization. They've brought in highly sought after former Seattle Sounders technical director Chris Henderson and former Manchester United player and England women's national team coach Phil Neville. Focusing more on Neville, how do you feel about coming into a team with him at the reins and how can this experience help you develop right out of the gate? Yeah, having Phil is super exciting for me. Um, Watching how he's had his teams play. it, it fits me perfectly the way I see it. Um, he he talks about how he likes his wingers to play, and and it fits me well. I mean, he likes them to take guys on, but but give them that freedom to come in and combine in tight spaces and and be creative. So it's really exciting, and I think being with him, it, it's going to help me develop really well. However, he wants to use me. Um, and obviously, he had a great playing career, which he can relate a little more to us as players, which, which really excites me. So I think it's going to be a great fit with Phil and I think he's going to really help me. When do you know when you're going to first get the chance to meet him and and maybe David? I'm not sure yet. I'm still, uh, still figuring out exactly when I'm going to go. It should be really soon, but I'd assume right, right when I get there and then I get out of quarantine, um, I should see them right away. So that'll be cool. That'll be exciting. Yeah, I can only imagine I'm, the shock value. <laughs> <laughs> you got to play it cool. I gotta you got to play it cool. I'll be in there like. <laughs> and and speaking of playing it cool and shock value, not only are there legends of the game and the front office and coaching staff at Inter-Miami, they also have world-class talent on the pitch, including Gonzalo Iguain, Rodolfo Pizarro, and World Cup winner Blaze Matuidi. How excited are you to be able to work with and learn from those players? of this caliber in year one? Yeah, I mean, you couldn't ask for anything better. Those are top, top players, world-class players. So being able to learn from them every day is going to be awesome. I mean, they've been pros for a super long time. And besides learning little tips on the field, they're going to hopefully help me off the field because that's a big part of it too. So they're going to give me hopefully a lot of pointers. and, And I know I'll be learning from the best and, and players who've done it at the top level for a long time. So it's super exciting to be surrounded by players like that. Now just imagine this. You receive a ball out wide right from Blaise Matuidi, the World Cup winner. You then cut inside, combine with Rodolfo Pizarro at, at, at the number 10, and then you swing a ball in back stick to Gonzalo Aguin. How do you react to that? I mean – We'll go to the corner and celebrate. I don't know. They're my teammates at that point. So got to treat them like everyone else. But no, it'll be super cool. I mean, those those moments will be exciting and it'll feel real. And it's just something I'm really looking forward to. Yeah, that's, that, that's, that's crazy, man. Coming in as a rookie, that's a very big market with big names in the front office and on the pitch. So you have, you know, you got a lot of guys to learn from and expertise to to follow. So that's you, you've got yourself in a good position. Yeah, I'm super excited. I mean, they'll have all the resources we need, and 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 they'll help us the best they can. So it, it's really exciting to come into a, a club that's as hungry as they are and and ready to to get to where they want to be. Yeah, they definitely have something to prove. I mean, I watching the MLS season last year. 
had a benefit of, you know, wanted to give them the benefit of the doubt. So it's hard, especially coming in as an expansion team when the pandemic hit. It just really shook things up. And there were some good things you saw. And I think that they just need to kind of get those pieces together. And those pieces seem to be coming together. And I'm really excited to see what they have to bring to the table in this upcoming season. But with your experience, you know, in college and then a little bit of the taste of the pro side, you also had some time with the U.S. youth national team at the U19 level and a short training stint with Danish Superliga side. And I'm going to screw the name up. Is it Bromby? Yeah. All right. <laughs> so now you get the chance to showcase your skills in the top tier of the American professional soccer. What goals and aspirations do you have for your career and club and country? Yeah. Um, for me, I always want to play at the highest level. So um, obviously that would be getting to play with the full men's national team and and with club wherever I, I can get, that's the highest level. Um, my focus right now is just bringing everything I can to Miami and, and helping them however I want. Um, mentality is huge with that. It's just being present where you are. So I have I have big goals, but right now I'm just focused on, on helping Miami however I can. Right. Can you tell us a little bit about your, your training stint with the, the Danish Super League side? Yeah. Um, it, it was super, super fun. It was a really good experience. I'd, I'd been to Europe a couple of times with different teams. Um, I'd say Bronby probably stood out of all of them. They also with that, um, I was training with their first team where some of the other places I'd been, it was like U19, U20. So being able to play with top players like that was a really good experience. Um, a funny story with that, um, Hani Mukhtar from Nashville, he was actually there training when I was there. Wow. And we were, we were doing rondos together. And of course I was in the middle because I was a young guy. And they're just dicing me, just passing it all around. I couldn't get the ball. And he looked at me and he said, welcome to Brun, me, my friend. So <laughs> I, I kind of have a little funny experience with that. And then I saw he went to Nashville. And it was, it was funny, the connection there. It's yeah, funny, how those, funny how those things work out. Yeah. That'll be cool when you guys actually do beat each other on the field. Be like, hey, I remember you. <laughs> he won't remember me, but I'll tell him <laughs> I remember him. <laughs> So, Josh, you said that there were other sides that you trained with over in Europe. What other clubs did you train with? I trained with quite a few. Um, when I was 16, I went to Fulham and Dusseldorf within like a two-week span. Um, I think a year later, that was Bronby, uh, Grutha Firth, their sec second or third division now in uh, – Bundesliga in Germany, and then also Helsinger. And um, I think they're the second league in Denmark. So five, and also Kubehu. Uh, that's the Danish way to say it. Um, I trained there when I was 15 or 16. So I've had actually quite, quite a bit of a European experience. Well, that will bode well with you as a professional. So I just want to get your thoughts on something, Josh. You know, we always see the FC Dallas kids go over and train with Bayern Munich and Sylvania just got a contract with a team and another one of their young guys got a contract. And, you know, we just saw Mark McKenzie get a contract with Gant. Brendan Aronson just scored his first goal for Red Bull Salzburg today. What are your thoughts on all these young Americans going over to Europe at an early young age? 
I think it's really exciting. I mean, right now, especially this last year, this last off season, you see if you perform in this league, you're going to get the opportunities. So maybe a couple of years ago would have been a little different. The jump would be a, a, a bit harder, but you can see these guys are paving the way for, for younger guys like me. So it really excites me because, because everyone wants to play in Europe with the top clubs in the world. So knowing that I'm getting more of a platform and, and the rest of us young guys have a platform to show ourselves is really exciting. It motivates us even just a little bit more. Yeah, and the MLS has gone from a buying league to a selling league, from a retirement league to a development league, and you're coming in right now at the right time. So you get a couple, you know, a season or two under your belt with good performances, man. We might see you back over at Bronby or those other sides that you touched on. Who knows? Maybe, yeah. maybe even Fulham, full America, man. We'll see. I wouldn't mind that. That'd be pretty sweet. It's definitely an interesting time. Something that, and Blake and I have kind of talked about this a little bit, but I, I, I hate the negative connotation of the MLS becoming what's called a, a selling league. And what Blake said to me that kind of made it a little bit better for me was that, just like he just said, it's better than it being called a retirement league. And he's 100% right. And so it is exciting to see now that the trend is younger guys are getting more touches, they're getting more looks, and they're getting recognized overseas to start making the credibility of Major League Soccer better. Uh, it's something that I've, I've been looking forward to for some time. Anytime that I, you ever talk to somebody who watches soccer and you talk that you watch the MLS, a lot of the times they don't really – they don't really know a lot about it. And that's something that I'm looking forward to changing with this kind of breath of fresh air uh, and, and credibility that seems to be building. So it's very exciting. Yeah, I think with that, there, there definitely can be a negative connotation with the selling league. But the way I see it is, in a way, it's almost raising the value of the league and raising the level. Because if players see it as a league where they can promote themselves and move on, they're going to want to come to that. And, and top players are, are going to be able to come and perform and, and make the league even better, which I think we see happening. So it's an exciting time for sure. Right. Blake and I yeah. kind of had the conversation. And, yeah, I, I, I agree. It's something that I had to just kind of shift my mental for. But it's kind of the next step in a, in a series of steps, right? So you got, you know, recognition and then you have credibility coming now and guys are going overseas and it's becoming what's called a selling league. And then now then it's going to change a little bit later to where you're going to have guys coming in because they're seeing all these guys leaving, going overseas, and it's going to build a league to something that's uh, hopefully one day going to match the – the, the top level leagues in the world. Yeah. Yeah. It's as Josh said, the selling league part of it is just raising the value of the league. And I think where we're at right now is we are going through a natural progression and the league, the growth of the league. And I think the middle ground is a league where people top talent comes and they stay and they don't come late. And we're not necessarily a selling league. We're a developing league. And that just kind of forms into one of the top, five, ten leagues across the world. And we'll get there eventually. And it also comes down to, you know, when we are selling and developing players and sending them to Europe, that only raises the value of the U.S. men's national team. And as on the world stage, they see the U.S. men's national team performing better and making World Cups and moving into the final eights, final four of World Cups, that's only going to raise the value of the domestic league. But, Mike D and I, we've done enough talking Josh, do you have any final thoughts for the inner Miami supporters? 
Um, I'm just excited to get going um, to help build a culture. Obviously, it's a new club, so it's really exciting to help build that and, and build off of what the last year, uh, what they built last year and are going to continue building. So I'm just excited and I, I can already see there's a lot of love from the fans. So I'm excited to get going and I'm going to do whatever I can to help this club. Yeah, and I'm excited to see that Matuidi, Penn, Rodolfo, Iguain combination. I can't wait for that. And I know the Siege Supporters Club down there in Miami will be just as excited as I am to see that. Oh, yeah. I love that. All right, so Josh from me and MLS No Wild, Mike Deal, you know, he'll touch on it in a second. But best of luck to you. It's been a great conversation. You seem like a very humble, motivated young man that's uh, out there to put in the work to earn his spot on a second year expansion side in the MLS. So we wish you the best. We'll be following you. And maybe we'll even talk to you in the future, man, after you do hit that combination and run to the corner to celebrate. We'd, lo we'd love to chat with you after that. I really appreciate that, guys. I appreciate you having me on. I appreciate the kind words. And thanks for having me. It was fun. Mike D, final thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say, for all of our listeners out there, when we see Josh Penn, hit that play that Blake just drew up. I want you guys to come back here and listen to this pod and remember that we had Josh Penn first on his first ever MLS podcast. Josh, uh, Blake likes to speak for me a lot, but thank you for coming on. <laughs> um, and we really do appreciate it. Wish you the best of luck, man. We're looking forward to seeing uh, you out there soon. Of course. Thank you so much, guys. Of course. Yeah, and if Phil Neville wants to hit me up, I can come down to Miami. We can do like a passing pattern drill to make sure that this comes into fruition. <laughs> Maybe you can have lunch with Beckham afterwards as well. Yeah, that'd be tight. Set that up, man. <laughs> All right, I got you. That'll, that'll be easy to set up. All right, well, listeners, thank you for tuning in to Season 3, Episode 2 of MLS Gone Wild, featuring Inter-Miami's first-round draft pick, Josh Penn. Tune in next week for our interview with number 30 overall pick drafted to the Houston Dynamo, Christo Strickler. Until then, stay safe and please wear your mask. Catch you guys next week. Peace.